0: Just take your Bibles and turn with me to Mark chapter 4. Let me, let me set this up for you before you're seated. I'm not going to let you be seated yet. You haven't been standing up that long. However, I believe God has a word for you today. Thanks, guys. A word that I know is going to bring freedom in some of your lives. A word that I believe today is going to set you free from anxiety and worry so the title of my message, I want you to look at somebody to your left or to your right. You just pick a neighbor and say, word over worry. Look at somebody else, your second choice in a neighbor, and say, word over worry. So let's jump into the scripture. Now, before we read the narrative, let me just say I'm going to give to you a verse, read to you a verse that will come into play the further we get into the message. It's a verse that I quote quite often. It's 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. But it's a verse that I want to use today as the filter, as the lens in which we discover the concept that God is giving to us. And that verse says this, to cast all of your anxiety. Somebody say anxiety. Cast your anxiety. Look at somebody else and say anxiety. Cast your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. Has anybody in here ever had anxiety? Anybody in here ever had worry, stress? Peter says to cast your anxiety upon him. The command is to cast, not to carry. You see, our shoulders were not meant to carry it. Our our bodies were not meant to carry it. Our central nervous system is not meant to carry the burdens of stress and worry. There are only one set of shoulders who are strong enough to carry that burden, and those are the shoulders of Jesus Christ, who is the first, the last, the beginning, the end, the Lamb of God, the Lion of Judah. He is the Messiah, who overcame death hell and the grave when he walked out of the tomb on the third day lord have mercy so the command that that Peter gives to us is to cast not carry could it be could it be that the very thing that God is asking you to cast upon him is the thing that he is using to bring you closer to him Lord have mercy, I need you to grab this. Could it be that the thing that you are casting on God is the very thing that he is using to draw you closer to him? Let that concept resonate, bounce around in your cranial cavity, if you will. Now let me take you to the main narrative, the narrative that is in Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 20. Let me just set this up. A few weeks ago, we had on the calendar, Michael, that we were starting a brand new series. However, just before we started that brand new series, God stirred in my heart something about Matthew chapter 4. So I brought to the church what I thought was a one-day event called Say It Again. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, say it again. I thought it was a one-day event, but if you were here last week, you realized it was a two-day event. Then this week, I had every intention of starting a new series. I started working on a new series, and God would not let Mark chapter 4 out of my spirit. So today is not part 3 of the series. It's actually part 1C of the series, because it's one message broken into three intervals. So... (laughs) So I'm going to preach to that place of anxiety, that place that determines and controls the outcome of your life, that place and how you react to that anxiety determines whether or not the soil of your heart is fertile or infertile. If you'll remember, I I I said that the Quantity of the harvest is not determined by the quality of the seed, but rather the quality of the soil. The soil determines the outcome. However, the soil of our faith tends to be eroded away by the happenings of life. But if we're going to be honest with ourselves, it's not the happenings of life that erodes away the soil of our faith. It's what we tell ourselves about the happenings of life. And that's where Jesus is at in Mark chapter 4. Everybody say Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse 1, this is going to be, I think, (laughs) the last time we read this for this mini-series, but Mark chapter 4, I'm going to read it to you in the message translation, here's what the gospel of Mark says, he says, he went back to teaching by the sea, a crowd built up to such a great size that he had to get into an offshore boat using the boat as a pulpit as the people pushed to the water's edge he taught by using stories many stories listen what do you make of this he says a farmer planted a seed somebody say seed A farmer planted the seed as he scattered the seed. Some of it fell on the road and birds ate it. Some of it fell in the gravel and it sprouted quickly, but didn't put down roots. So when the sun came up, it withered just as quickly. Some fell in the weeds as it came up. It was strangled among the weeds and nothing came of it. Some fell on good earth and came up with a flourish, producing a harvest, exceeding his wildest dreams. Then verse 9 Jesus asked the rhetorical question are you listening to this are you really listening because Jesus understood that the disciples needed to grab hold of what he's about to say they needed to allow this to resonate in their spirits Because Jesus knows that what we listen to determines the outcome of our lives. The thing, the stuff that the soil of our heart grabs hold to determines whether or not you have a harvest. So the disciples are like, okay, 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 Jesus, then say it again. (laughs) But say it this time a little different. Can you say it a little better? Can you explain it a little bit more? So Jesus goes on to say in verse 13, he says, he continued, do you see how this works? All my stories work this way. The farmer plants the word. Somebody say the word. The Word is the seed. It is His Word. The Word, which is the seed, is what brings the harvest in your life. God's Word is effective. Everything that we see is a result of, of His Word. Everything that we see is a result of what God said. In the beginning, He said, let there be light, and light appeared. Everything that is made is made by Him, and nothing that has been made was made without Him. His Word is effective. His Word is enough. His Word is more. God shows the word. His word, his word of healing, his word of help. If you need rest, his word says, come unto me and I will give you rest. If you need help, his word says that he will be your help. If you need peace, his word says that he'll give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. It's his word. And the way that you hold on to his word is you say it and then you you say it again and you say it again and you say it again and you say it again. I'm going to need you to help me preach today. Can you help me preach? Verses 14b and following, it says, Some people are like the seed that falls on the hardened soil of the road. No sooner do they hear it than the word than Satan snatches away what has been planted in them. Verse 16 and 17, And some are like the seed that lands in the gravel. When they first hear the word, they respond with great enthusiasm. But there is such shallow soil of character that when the emotions wear off, some difficulty arrives, there is nothing to show for it. Verses 18 and 19 is the verses that are applicable to us and our culture, especially today. The seed cast in the weeds represents the ones who hear the kingdom news but are overwhelmed with worries about all of the things. Hold on a second. That are overwhelmed with worries about all of the things that they have to do and all of the things that they want to get. The stress strangles what they heard and nothing comes of it. I don't know if you're grabbing this but you need to understand what's happening here. Jesus is saying that you've heard the kingdom news but all of a sudden your mind goes to a word that contradicts his word because worry is overcoming you and when worry begins to overcome you, you begin to say things to yourself that contradicts the very word that he's spoken over your life and then you wonder why you do not have a harvest. You do not have a harvest because his word says that nothing can come of the Because you're so worried about what you have to do, what you need to get, that now you're consumed with the worry rather than the word. Look at your neighbor and say worry over word. I'm going to let you be seated. Worry over word. Worry over. High five somebody and say worry over word. Now hang here with me. Thank you. Hang here with me for a moment. Because what Jesus is saying is he's talking about our expectations, the things that we have to do, the things that we feel like we need to do, the things that we want to do, the places that we want to go, the things that we need to get. He's talking about our expectations. Somebody say expectations. Many times the reason why we do not experience the harvest is because where we have placed our expectations the places that we need to go, the things that we need to do. Jesus is talking about the word that's been sown in our lives. And when we hear the word, our faith expectations are way up here. But then all of a sudden, worry hits our lives and our faith expectations begin to change. And now our expectations are based upon our worry. I don't know who this is for, but you need to hear this. I don't know. Somebody needs to grab hold of this. You see, faith is an expectation an expectation that God's word will come to fruition in your life. You see, you don't have to wonder whether or not you will experience the goodness of God in the land of the living because his word is greater than your worry. His word is more than enough when you find yourself in that valley that you never expected to be in. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside of quiet waters. He restores my soul, Michael. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to worry or Fear why because his rod and his staff they comfort me. He prepares a table for me, Trish, in the presence of my enemies, and he causes my cup to overflow. Then he allows surely goodness and mercy to follow me around, not just some days, but all day, every single day. So when I find myself in a place that I didn't think I would ever be, I need to remember that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. Lord, have mercy. Some of you are not living your life based upon the faith and Expectations. You're living your life based upon your fretful expectations. You're not living according to your faith expectations, your faith-filled expectations. You're living according to your fretful expectations based upon what's happening to you in life. Jesus says, nothing comes of it. Nothing comes of it. But you have to remember that his word is more. His word is greater. The seed that he has sown into your life. Some of you are looking for a harvest, but you can't experience the harvest because your expectations have changed. They're no longer faith-filled expectations. They're fretful expectations. In fact, Jesus says that basically what he's saying here is that wrong, wrongly placed expectations brings stress in your life. Let me say it this way. The penalty of not experiencing the harvest is because of the pattern that you practice of wrongful expectations. Let me say it again. (laughs) The reason why you do not have a harvest is because of the pattern of wrong expectations. Think about that with me. You see, some of you are living in a prison of fear and insecurity and worry and stress and all of that stuff is overwhelming you, but yet you're trying to put on airs as if you're living free. You got your phone out snapping all kinds of smiling selfies, putting it all over your social media, but yet on the inside, you feel like you're in a prison of worry and stress and anxiety. And you've heard that there's supposed to be a harvest, but yet your expectations now are on your worry. In fact, I read something to you last week. I'm going to read it to you again. Hang on. Let me just see if I can find it. Stress. Stress. Causes of of stress. Being unhappy in your job. Somebody say amen. Having a heavy workload. Working long hours. Being insecure about your chance for advancement. The death of a loved one. These, These are just... WebMD. How many of you know you can Google and just about find about anything you need to find out? Google knows everything, right? Okay, hold on a second. So here's some other stuff. The death of a loved one brings stress. Divorce. The loss of a job. The increase in financial obligations. Getting married. Moving to a new home. Chronic illness or injury. Emotional problems like depression, anxiety, anger, guilt, uh, grief, low self-esteem, taking care of an elderly or sick family member, traumatic events such as natural disasters—all of those things bring stress. But sometimes, here's here's what I want to focus on. But sometimes, Darren, it says stress comes from the inside rather than the outside. You can stress yourself out just by worrying about things. Hold on a second. Isn't that, this is WebMD? saying the same thing that Jesus said 2000 years ago. Hold on a second. We needed 2000 years of research to be able to prove what Jesus said. It says fear and uncertainty. Mm, all of these things lead to stress. Fear and uncertainty. When you hear about the threat of terrorist attacks or global warming or toxic chemicals, chemicals on the news, it can cause you to feel stressed out, especially Because you feel like you no longer have control over those events. Mm. And even though disasters are typically very rare events, their vivid coverage in the media make them feel like they happen all the time. Hold on a second. Fears can also hit closer to home, such as being worried that you won't finish a project at work or won't have enough money to pay your bills this month. Hello? Am I preaching to myself? Attitudes and perceptions. Hold on a second. How you view the world or a particular situation can determine whether it causes stress in your life. Oh, hold on a second. How you view yourself can cause you to have stress in your life. Then WebMD goes on to say, unrealistic expectations. No one is perfect. If you expect to do everything right all the time, you're destined to feel stressed when things don't go as expected. Woo change any major life change can be stressful even a happy event somebody say anxiety cast all of your anxiety somebody say anxiety we're supposed to cast not carry the command is to cast not carry hold on a second L- let me let me see if i can make this a little more practical is that okay so you get a new job And because you have a new job, you have expectations to perform at a certain standard so you do everything you can to perform at that standard and you finally reach that standard of expectations that you have for yourself and now that you've reached the standard of expectations that you have for yourself you think that you should be paid according to the standard of excellence that you have established and when your boss doesn't pay you according to that standard of excellence that you thought you should be paid for now you begin to worry am i as good at my job as i thought i was and then you begin to worry about what you have to do where you have to go now how do i pay my bills and then you go home and you click on the facebook and you see how every Everybody else seems to have their lives all together. Their pictures are perfect. Everybody's smiling. All the kids are standing up on a step and you can't get all your kids even together to smile. And so you're overwhelmed by what you see and now you begin to have expectations not based upon the word that God has placed within your spirit but rather expectations on what you see in someone else's life in hopes that you can have what they seem to have. Give me a minute and I'll hit on it. So now you begin to control your life and you fill your life up with stuff. You begin to fill up your calendar with all kinds of things because you want to be able to feel successful because you don't feel like you met the expectations that you had over here. And when your calendar is full and now you still haven't reached the goal of having the harvest in your life, you begin to feel even more stressed out. You feel like you have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do this. And pretty soon coming to church is a have to. You feel like you have to come to church. And when you feel like you have to come to church, now all of a sudden you're stressed out about coming to church. And when the offering plate comes by you, it seems like it stood in front of you for far too long because you're stressed out. You're stressed out because you're stressed out in your finances. Am I preaching? And so look, let me, let me finish reading something. Can I read, continue to read for you? I'm going to anyway. The effects of stress says when you are in a stressful situation your body launches a physical response your nervous system springs into action releasing hormones that prepare you to either fight or to take off it's called the fight-or-flight response And it's why, when you're in a stressful situation, that you may notice that your heartbeat speeds up, your breathing gets faster, your muscles tense up, and you start to sweat. Hmm. This kind of stress is short-term and temporary. It's acute stress, and your body usually recovers quickly from it. But if your stress system stays activated over a long period of time, chronic stress, hold on a second, I don't want to buy that. I can't stand it when they give you an ad. Hang on a second. Hang on. Here we go. (laughs) Somebody say praise the Lord. If you stay stressed out for a long period of time, it can lead to or aggravate more serious health problems. The constant rush of stress hormones can put a lot of wear and tear on your body. Here are signs of stress. Headaches, fatigue, difficulty sleeping, difficulty concentrating, upset stomach, irritability. Depression, high blood pressure, abnormal heartbeat, arrhythmia, hardening of the arteries, heart disease, heart attack, heartburn, ulcers, irritable bowel syndrome, Uh uh-oh. Upset stomach, weight gain or weight loss, flare-ups of asthma or arthritis, skin problems such as acne, eczema, or eczema, excuse me, and psoriasis. I shouldn't have hit that right there, it just popped up another ad. Hang on a second. Have you seen your doctor over eczema? No, I haven't seen. <laughs> managing your stress can, just saying, managing your, your stress can make a real difference to your health. One study showed that women with heart disease lived longer if they underwent stress, a stress management program. Hold on a second. So we have all of this stress in our lives. God sowed a word. His word is effective. We know that it's effective. But while the worry tends to grow in our hearts, the soil that's around the word that God sowed begins to erode because we're hoping for a harvest, but yet we're pursuing something called worry, believe it or not, which contradicts the very word that he's placed within you. It's the opposite of what you're hoping for. You see, at some point in time, we've got to begin to live according to what his word says, not what our worry says. At some point in time, we've got to have faith-filled expectations rather than living our lives according to what's happening in our life. Can I get an amen? So, there are things in our lives that, like choices they can even be good choices like which job do i take and now all of a sudden you're stressed out worn out not knowing what to do which way to go school man if you're a teenager school can be overwhelming if you're an adult trying to go back to school that can be overwhelming hello what do we do? School, the pressures of school. Oh, here's one, here's one, here's one. Health. Health scares and worries. Oh, my dad died of a heart attack. His dad died of a heart attack. His dad's dad, my great-grandfather, he died of a heart attack before he was 60 years old. Maybe I'm not going to live past 60. Health. Fear and anxiety and worry, and then sometimes these people right here just drive you nuts. I mean, just drive you crazy, just drive you crazy, friends. Just and so there's so much stress here because doing relationships is is it's very difficult. There's something called selflessness that causes stress because you want this and they want that, and you can't you can't even get in the car and figure out where you're gonna eat, where you want to go eat. I don't care. That's not a restaurant. (laughs) Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all been there. I'm trying. I'm trying. Hold on a second. So, 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 hold on. I'm going to read you something before I get there. If I can even find my notes, just follow me upstairs. Just follow me along. So, so here's this, this, how many of you know, hold on a second, before we ever do this, how many of you know that... At some point in time, all of these things that we're piling up on our shoulders, we have to make a decision. Are we going to live according to these things that are stressing us out? Or are we going to hold on to his word because he's the Lord of the harvest? You know what I'm talking about? So, so, so then this thing can become very stressful to us. The career, even if you love your job, it can be stressful. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And if you don't like your job, it can really be stressful. Hmm. Then you got this right here. Now, this can really just bring a lot. And it's good. God meant this to be a blessing, but sometimes we're stressed out over it. Hello? Look at the person next to you who's in your family and say, I know what he's talking about. <laughs> and so we're so stressed out, just stressed out. Just all this stuff just piled up on our shoulders. All these different things that are Happening, good things, bad things, sad things, happy things. That's, it's just all, it's just wearing us out. And, 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 and so we go through life just, listen, our central nervous system, our, our 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 bodies, they weren't made to to hold all of this stress and this anxiety. We were not set up and designed to do this. That's why Peter said, he said, to cast your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. Can I teach for a minute? Is it all right if I teach for a minute? When he says the word cast, I love this verse. When Peter says the word cast, it is a Greek compound word. It is the word epiripto. It means to rip something off and to throw it away. It means to take something off and to hurl it away from, as far away from you as possible. It means to take it off of your shoulders and give it away. Hold on a second. That particular Greek compound word is only used two times in the New Testament. The time that Peter uses it in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, when he says to cast your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. And then one other time, Luke chapter 19, verse 35, put it up for me. Luke 19, verse 35, I want you to see this, because this verse paints the image of Epiripto. It says, then they brought him to Jesus and they threw their own clothes on the colt, and then they set Jesus on it. Hold on a second. So here's Jesus about to go into Jerusalem. They go and find this, this donkey, and they bring him back. And when they get there, the disciples take their cloak off of their shoulders, and they throw it onto this colt, if you will. ripto. There is this image of taking something off and throwing it off. It's it's, it's Throwing it away, it's hurling it away. In fact, the definition says to hurl it away, violently. So when you see this image of all of these disciples throwing their cloaks on top of this this coat, it, it, it's showing us that the definition of epiripto to ca- cast our anxiety upon him. Hold on a second. Therefore, what Peter is telling us is to cast our misfortune, to cast our problems, to cast our difficulty, to cast our brokenness to cast our calamity, to cast our past, to cast our our problems, to to cast our worry, to cast our anxiety upon him because he cares for you, to take it off of you and place it upon him. Now, some of you are saying, well, hold on a second. That's easier said than done. And you're asking, how do you even do that? Well, I'm glad you asked because I'm going to tell you how. Do you remember last week we we looked at Philippians chapter 4, verse 6? Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, Paul, he writes, Do not be anxious about anything. This was the whole message last week. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Do not be anxious. I left something out. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving in your hearts, present your request to God. Paul gives us three practical things that we do to take stress off of our shoulders and to throw it on the shoulders of Jesus. Three things. Somebody say three things. Can I give you these three things really quick? Write this down. Listen, this is a free counseling session. You don't have to pay for this. You don't have to pull out your insurance card. None of that stuff. This is all free. How many of you know God's counseling is better than anyone's? Hello? Hello? So grab this. Here's the first thing. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition. The very first thing that you need to do is pray it and say it. It says, through prayer and petition, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, through praying and saying it. Pray it and say it. Paul, when he uses the word prayer in this verse, it is the Greek word prosiche. It means to have a close, intimate conversation with God. It means to connect with God on an intimate level. But it carries a greater meaning than that. Because it actually means to make a vow. It means to make a vow to God that, God, I am giving you this in place of something. I'm giving you what I have, God, what is worrying me in hopes that you will exchange it for me and give me something better. It's a prayer, in in fact, it was called the exchange prayer at times. It's where you are exchanging what is going wrong in your life for what is right about God. Are you with me? It's saying, God, I have this, this piece of brokenness, but I need your help. And I need you to give me your peace. I want to transition from turmoil to peace. But hold on a second. It goes one step further. Because this word carries with it such power that it does not mean just to have a casual prayer about your need. It means to go before God aggressively, shouting out, crying out. In fact, It says to cry out to the Lord. The psalmist wrote, I cried out to God and he heard me and he delivered me and he set me free from my fears. I cried out to God. I looked to the hills from where does my help come? My help comes from God. Why? Because he's an ever-present help in a time of need. He lifts my feet up out of the miry clay. He sets my feet upon the rock to stay. So I cry out to God. I cry out. Somebody say cry out. Hold on a second. got to grab this. I'm going to give you just something very practical. Some of you, what you need to do is you need to take a psalm. Read the psalm. Then pray that psalm. Then say that psalm. Read the psalm. Turn the psalm into a prayer. And then say that psalm over your life. Pray it and say it. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, pray it and say it. Here's the second thing says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, somebody say thanksgiving, you've got to say what you're thankful for. There is a reason why a man who is in prison by the name of Paul, who's awaiting his execution for only passing out the love of the gospel, is writing to a church at Philippi about how to overcome the anxiety in your life. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving. How does a man who's in prison talk about thanksgiving? Can I tell you how? Because he reflected upon everything that God had ever done for him. And when he began to reflect upon everything that God had done for him, he could not help but to be thankful. He could not help but to shout out to God. He could not help for his spirit to leap with joy. Listen, that word thanksgiving, it actually means to be excited. You know what? When you begin to think about all that God has done for you it should cause you to be excited listen it should cause you to be excited excitement is contagious being excited is contagious it's all right to be excited somebody told me last week in a negative way everybody in your church seems to be too excited I said is there something wrong with that because I think we should be excited because of all that God has done for us listen our faith is not built on a funeral our faith is built on a resurrection Good God Almighty. Somebody say, I'm excited. I wrote this down. I wrote this down. I want you to grab this. Grab this. If you're not on your feet, get on your feet. Just go ahead and get on your feet. I'm going to close here in 30 seconds. Plus a little bit. It says, when you have a spirit of excitement for all that he's done, it will only cause your expectations to be centered on him. You see, if you want to harvest in your life, you have to be, the soil of your heart has to be focused on the word, not the worry. Jesus said nothing comes of it if you're focused on the worry. How many of you want to harvest in your life? How many of you just want nothing to come of it? No one. So Jesus says to focus on his word. Here's the third thing. Here's the third thing. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. This thing's falling apart up here. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Make your request known to God. It doesn't say make your request known on Facebook. It doesn't tell you to take your social media account and tell everybody what you think and how you feel and everything that's going wrong and right in your life no what paul says is to broadcast your cares on him not them On him, not them. We're so good about broadcasting our problems to everybody who will listen. But they're not the ones who can help us. They're not the ones who can deliver us. It's only God. Can I tell you something? It's time for us to focus upon him. Because he is our help. He is our hope. He is my deliverer. He is my breakthrough. He is my bride and morning star. He is my joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. So I'm going to cast my problems on him. I'm going to cast them on him. I'm not going to handle these problems anymore more because I know that I'm not supposed to carry them. I'm supposed to cast them on him. The command is to cast not to carry. The command is to cast not to carry. The command is to cast not to carry. Somebody needs to hear this today. You don't need to give up. You need to tell the devil, no, 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 not today. No way, no how. Because I love God and I know God's in me. Somebody give him a hand clap of praise. It is his word over your worry. Somebody say word over worry With every head bowed and every eye closed.